Hello and welcome to Season 3 of Rural Business Uncovered, brought to you by the CLA, where we discuss matters affecting the rural sector. The Country Land and Business Association is the membership organisation that provides support and expert advice to landowners and rural businesses across England and Wales. International Women's Day. Today we celebrate women's contributions to British farming and discuss the opportunities there are for women in the agricultural sector, but also the challenges, including the barriers women continue to face when starting and building a career in the industry. As agriculture is often perceived as a male-dominated industry, it's important we recognise the leading role women are playing. Farming, like any industry, needs to continue to attract new talent and ideas and employ skills of both women and men. Well, joining us on this episode, we have Lucinda Douglas, CLA North Director, and Sue Harrison, former CLA Assistant Regional Northwest Director. Uh, Welcome both. Uh, Lucinda, if I can start with you, tell us a bit about your role as Director of CLA North. I've been at the CLA North as the Regional Director since July last year, having come formally from an experience and background in Uh, estate management and more recently um, self-employed running agency selling insurance um, but from a farming background as well. And Sue how about you what's what's your background? Oh my background is from rural Lincolnshire where I was born and bred and I worked uh, I went to agricultural college at a time when there was only 10 girls there which was rather fun Uh, and then after that I worked in livestock auctioneering and uh, rural estate agency for a firm where we ran three cattle markets a week and uh, also had uh, we farmed about 5,000 acres but we also had uh, a big rural practice surveying business. Uh, I then got married and moved to Cumbria and in Cumbria after bringing up two children, I joined the CLA where I worked for 20 years in the what was then the Northwest region. Thank you, Sue. And also thank you, Lucinda, for, for your introductions. And there seems to be quite an overlap in your experiences, uh, which is really good. And uh, Lucinda, if I can just come back to you and, and picking up on the main topic of discussion today, what do you consider the main challenges facing women in rural areas in the UK at the moment? I think um, for women in rural areas, in terms of challenges, it's just I think the opportunity to essentially grow both professionally and personally and opportunities for employment in senior roles. Um, And also we are in a male dominated sector. We can't necessarily get away from that, but I do believe that is changing and changing for the better. I think gone are the days when it was only men that were viewed that were able to farm. And I've always been of the view that there's nothing a man can do that a girl can't do or a woman can't do so and I think that tide is changing. Sue would you agree with that have you noticed a change and a shift in attitudes across your career? Yes although I have to say that it was uh, I'm in my late 70s so it was a long time ago that I went into that field and I didn't really find many barriers then I really believe that if you have the confidence a certain amount of wit, you'll 
and real real self-belief. You can get on in, in any industry, but agriculture has been reasonably easy because when I look around, you look around at how many really successful women there are in agriculture. We've had ministers of agriculture. We've got a, a chairman or president of the NFU. We've got people in high-powered jobs in CLA. I, th- I think it's one of the better industries for women to get into, particularly since greater mechanisation, which has made it much easier because originally there was a real problem with women not being as strong as men. But it's not quite so necessary in a lot of agricultural fields now. Lucinda, would you agree with that? Have you got any personal experiences? I would agree with the overall sort of sentiment about, like um, Sue was saying, about mechanisation has really extended opportunities uh, for example, for women to get involved on farm. Um, and also, you know, from experience when I was at university on my land management course, the split was 50-50 in terms of women and men on that particular course. The agricultural course at the time, I mean, I am going back slightly, so this is like 2004 to 2008. Um, there wasn't that many women on the agricultural course, but personal experience in terms of Barriers. Uh, yeah, I have come across barriers, definitely, in my experience, um, in my career, um, just from different roles I've done. And I guess it's never still deterred me, though, but that's maybe just because of my mindset. I'm quite a keen, determined person. And I've always been of the opinion that really the only opinion that really matters, I guess, really is sort of what you feel and think about yourself. And really, if you back yourself, you can you know, the barriers, you know, the opportunities are endless, but it hasn't been without its challenges over the years, I would say. So attitude and confidence is coming through clearly as as key attributes for, for anybody who wants to progress w- within careers within the rural sector. But Lucinda, how would you gauge and, and compare opportunities or barriers um, that women face in urban areas? Are they slightly different to, to the rural economy? I think it depends on the culture sometimes of where it is that you're working. Um, if you have an open and supportive culture that comes from the top in terms of opportunities that then are available to women. I've worked in other organisations where that's not been the case. And if you were a confident, outspoken woman, that was something to be feared, really. And, you know, you would be closed off from opportunities, in my personal opinion, that perhaps a very equivalent male individual wouldn't have been closed off from. And that's just been from my personal experience, really. But saying that, I haven't let it deter myself and I've gone on and, you know, I've worked with a lot of very inspirational women um, in my career. However, I do think in sort of what Sue was saying about there is a lot of women who are in senior roles within agriculture. And I do think there is an onus and responsibility on those women to, obviously, they're inspiring in terms of the positions that they are in. However, their legacy will be judged by how many women have then followed them into that industry and how many women have come up through their organisations as a result. And so earlier we spoke about um, the role of mechanisation, making the practicalities of farming uh, far easier for, for anybody and all of us. Um, but but in t- we need to understand and recognise as well, I guess farming is much broader than practical farming and the industry is huge and both of you have worked in estate management and other supporting roles. Would, would you say there are increasingly, as the industry becomes more diverse, are there more opportunities for women now? I think there are. And I think the, the, the diversification of agriculture has been a huge help to women because 
many, many women have been the ones who have run the diversification on the family farm. They've diversified into many, many things. Um, you, you can uh, one friend, well, a relation of mine. She she runs a, a farm abattoir, which is uh, hugely important to this area because it's the only place that people can get their stock killed who want to kill uh, the small butchers, the farmers market sort of people. Um, that would never have happened 50 years ago. I think we also have, you know, we really do need to thank the Land Army women because they made a huge difference in that from then on, women were not so strange in agriculture as they were before then. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I think uh, there's people in, in the rural areas, the girls, if they've wanted to, the opportunities have been there and are there. And Sue, what's your view on, and I, I know you touched upon this earlier, about you know, women now having senior leadership roles within the industry. You referred to the, to the NFU and the CLA. That's such a positive thing, isn't it, to celebrate? And, and do you think that's going to leave a, a lasting legacy? Yes. I mean, we've had, uh, let's even go higher. Let's think of DEFRA or MAFA. We've had Baroness Trumpington, who was uh, amazing, an amazing woman who made a huge impression on me. We had Margaret Beckett. Um, So you can't get much higher than that. And depending on who's in power and how many women MPs there are, there will be a woman Minister of Agriculture, because that's just politics, isn't it? So, and I think they, they people are able to see them and think, you know, I can be there. And those who are ambitious enough will be there. Yeah. Lucinda, I'm sure you agree with that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. I completely agree with that. And um, going back to sort of Sue's earlier comments about opportunities for women, I mean, I've always said behind every good business is usually a good woman because often, even on farm, it's the women in the office, rightly or wrongly, but it's been women that have been in the office analysing the accounts, doing the books, looking at the figures, and they're the ones that have the ideas and and spot opportunities quite often, like Sue was saying about diversification. Um, and going back to what Sue was saying about also women in senior leadership roles, I think that is something to be embraced. But like I was mentioning earlier, um, the challenge is and their legacy the legacy will be judged on how have they actually managed to embrace and bring women up through those organisations with them. Because for obviously we did once upon a time, you know, have a prime minister in Margaret Thatcher, but she was always known as someone who maybe perhaps kept women down from around her rather than bringing people up with her. And I have seen that, unfortunately, in some organisations. You might have a very strong woman at the top, but they like being at the top. And I think we all owe it to each other to support one another and bring other women up with us. Yeah, and I can see, Sue, you're nodding at those comments. And and interesting to pick up on the role of women within family farming businesses and i know we've we've talked about this um, a little bit about you know the role in in keeping the things particularly um from a an administration point of view but but more so than that i feel that women do support the farming business emotionally very much and i've seen instances where um the mother or the wife very much keeps the family cohesion together when things are you know stressful stressful times of the year or there's um tricky things to discuss around succession it's often the women within the business that can really give a sense of perspective and and keep the business going forward because the tensions within a family farming scenario are very different to other other industries absolutely and particularly this is particularly so in an area like this of much smaller farms family farms where family farm really means that 
the family actually work on the farm. That's the, the, the wife or the daughter does just as much as the father or the son, the husband or the son. And and, has to, and I think if you think back, um, being a bit older, I can think back. When I was possibly very young, say in the 50s, if a farmer died, the farmer's wife nearly always had to sell the farm or the farm went to someone else. Nowadays, I can think of quite a lot of my friends who have been widowed over the years and they've all carried on the farm business and run the farm. That's huge progress. Uh, and that wouldn't have happened in the 1950s. So it just shows how far we really have come. Uh, Lucinda, do you think, how, what's your views about how do we continue to overcome some of the barriers of empowering women within the rural economy? I think with that, it's, um, you know, no woman wants to be felt as though there's any tokenism going on here. I think people want to get um, opportunities and be it jobs or roles within rural sectors and rural industries based on their own merits and their ability to actually do the role. Um, the key thing really is actually having the open sort of culture within a business organisation where women are given the equal opportunity to even just have the chance to go for said roles. Um, and I think with that, that culture does come from the top. Um, I'm pleased to say that currently sat here at the head office of CLA at the moment, which is our policy day, and there is a number of women in that room who have come from all ends of the country to hear about what the CLA are doing. And I think you can see from the culture that is a growing thing that we're getting more women involved in the industry. The Country Land and Business Association have been safeguarding the interests of landowners and rural businesses since 1907. We lobby government continually on behalf of our members to give them the security and certainty to invest in their land and business. Our in-house professional advisory team offers members independent and impartial advice on every aspect of land ownership and rural business management to ensure the positive development of the rural economy. Sue, do you think there's a role for schools and, and the education system to try and encourage, um, uh, you know, the career paths within agriculture and um, greater gender balance, I guess, with, within the way agriculture is sold as, as a career path to, to, to young children? I, I, I'm sure there is. I, I, the, the trouble is, I think there's a uh, schools are very much urban based uh, Children from rural areas frequently have to travel into towns to schools and the schools are very much staffed by urban people. In that's just what it is. Obviously, you know, that's a generalisation. But it does mean that there isn't a lot of knowledge about agriculture in there. In fact, I can, not very long ago, a grandmother said to me that her grandson, and this is at a, a school with a big rural catchment, when he was struggling with uh, his maths, as it happened, the teacher said to him, oh, well, it doesn't really matter because you're only going to go home and run the farm. 
And so there seems to be a lack of knowledge of what running a farm nowadays is like. They, you have to be hugely computer literate. You have to be able to do math. You have to be able to do everything if you're running a farm. You have to be able to do math. You have to be able to do chemistry. You have to be able to do physics. It's all so different to the what people think it is. They see too much country file, which is all wonderfully fluffy and wonderfully nice, and they don't see the, the real nitty-gritty of it's run, like running any other big business with big capital. So, yes, I do think the schools... However, I, I saw this question and spoke to my daughter, who obviously before was once a teacher, and she said, I said, what do the careers uh, staff think of this sort of thing? And she said, well, quite frankly, the, career, the careers uh, advice in schools is rubbish anyway. So um, what is important is that uh, the colleges and the industry in general get stuff into the schools which children can pick up themselves. Lucinda, do you, do you want to come in on that point and, and recognising that modern farming is a highly technical specialist profession nowadays? You need to have a good good understanding of a huge amount of knowledge of, of topic areas, but, but also it's becoming increasingly technological and your ability to um, work with, with the latest innovations and managing data, for example, is something that's, that's part and parcel of everyday farming nowadays. So it's, it's, it's a very sophisticated sophisticated profession yeah i would say that i mean farming is almost as much about sciences now as it is about land management um and to be fair on some farms uh technology has almost grow, outgrown some of their existing staff you know i'm aware of farmers who are buying secondhand machinery because it doesn't have as much technical technology on it because their staff wouldn't be able to adapt to it so you know that there is like a whole piece and like a, a gap in terms of knowledge and expertise at the moment is growing with an aging workforce but we do have young people coming in but uh, the anecdotal things that I'm hearing from farmers is that a lot of the younger generation are really interested in the in the kit and the tech and the wanting to drive tractors and maybe less so in actually the livestock side of things but it will depend slightly on your area but if you're a mixed farm in an arable area I do know farmers have been struggling to get people on farm that will work with livestock because they're all all the younger next generation are all about the technology and the equipment and everything that's out there so it's way more technical than it is now but again that does open it up to opportunities for again women in agriculture because you know we can equally do any of that work regardless you know it doesn't need a man to do that job on a farm a woman can equally do it just as well if if my uh, opinion not even better so <laughs> Uh, and so we often hear about programs, initiatives or campaigns such as women in agriculture and the women in rural business, and it might be specific weeks or days or, or, or events uh, targeted at, at women only. What, what's your view on that? Is that a good thing to empower women or, or do you think actually it's better to have integration of men and women collectively um, taking part in events? What's, what, what's your view? Oh, definitely integration. I've never, I've never wanted to be treated as any different to everyone else on any stuff that where I've worked. When I worked in the cattle markets, I was never treated any, always treated with great respect, uh, but never treated as a, a, as a woman. I was just doing the job. I could do it as well as anyone else. Uh, and yes, I, 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 I'm not really terribly happy with this uh, treating women completely differently because in most industries nowadays, you can get on and, and you are a farmer. You're not a woman, a lady farmer or a gentleman farmer. You are a farmer. 
you are an auctioneer, you are an estate agent, you're not a woman or a man. I think we've achieved quite a lot, women have. Uh, 50 years ago, I wouldn't have said that, but I do say that now. That's really refreshing to hear. Lucinda, what's your view on that? I think for the likes of Sue and I, we're probably from a similar sort of understanding and background in that we would just sort of crack on regardless and wouldn't let anything hold us back as women in working in rural sectors, etc. However, I guess, you know, I've got to think about the wider sort of audience of women. And there is, obviously, like clearly from people that I speak to, there is a hesitancy sometimes to get involved in some parts of business or, you know, it was like wider sort of farmer events because they're just, you know, they're worried about maybe being the only woman in the room, etc. So we do see things like women in farming. We do see things like we've got the CLA's Women's Network. Now, I would love to get to a point where actually that shouldn't be necessary because it should all be integrated. I totally agree with Sue. But sometimes it's that initial sort of um, step up to sort of getting involved and getting sort of comfortable in terms of like whatever it is you wanted to get involved in. If it was, say, the CLA Women's Network, and finding opportunities to speak to other similar like-minded women or women in agriculture, etc. But once you get that sort of momentum going, I think then it sort of there then becomes a point where you don't need that separation because there is much more integration. It's just getting over that initial barrier to people putting themselves forward in the first place to get involved. And we'll come on to talk about a bit more about the CLA's Women's Network in just a moment. But before that, Lucinda, are you aware of any other policies, programmes or initiatives that you admire that is helping to, to, to address that gender barriers within the rural economy? Um, I'm involved in um, a couple of things sort of outside of like rural business, actually. And I'm part of a forum called Lean In, which is women who... Um, as individuals have worked in industry etc and we share knowledge experience um, expertise it's like a sounding board there's women forums out there um, and they're just wider remits of forums they're not rural based but like I said before there is the women in agriculture network there is the CLA women's network and there are other networks out there and I guess it's always in my view sort of been viewed as a bit of a stepping stone to, uh, to form a sort of group of like-minded people who can share thoughts, pool ideas, etc. Really. And Sue, have you come across any any initiatives which you admire and think are, is doing some really good work? Well, I think as far as women are concerned, I don't belong to any all women uh, forums of any sort. But as far as women are concerned, in in rural industries, I do think that the a huge influence has been the young farmers clubs because. The young farmers have, uh, right from when I was in Young Farmers, the girls did just the same as the boys. I can remember at rallies, one of the competitions was changing a car wheel. I can still change a car wheel um, <laughs> without ringing the AA. Um, I can pluck pigeons. I think that was another one we did, plucking four pigeons. But so for, for a long time now, girls have had all those opportunities within the Young Farmers Organisation and many of the women that have gone on to be hugely successful in rural industries have come up through Young Farmers. Um, they, they have been a massive influence and long may they continue. 
Yeah, and talking about YFC rallies, many years ago when I was a member of Carmarthenshire YFC, I won the cake decorating competition <laughs> twice. So, you know, anybody can do anything <laughs> when it comes to that. And that's the beauty of the YFC. And I, and I fully agree with you. I think the YFC is, is, is an organisation where gender is completely irrelevant. Absolutely irrelevant. And, and they do, so many of the people who now uh, serve in the NFU and the CLA are happy to do public speaking because there was the public speaking competitions, the debating competitions, so much. It's it's a fantastic movement. And and looking at colleges and uh, courses, uh, I, I can certainly see there's a trend um, from a land management point of view. There's a lot more women on estate management courses now, and even veterinary courses. I think I'm right in saying that the vast vast majority are, are, are women. Um, so so w- with time, we're going to see a lot more female influence within the industry in quite visible roles. Absolutely. Loads of women vets um, and load, lots of women estate agents and land agents. So um, the the colleges, uh, obviously most of them now also do these uh, equine courses and, and of course they have a, a vastly more women than men on those courses. Uh, I think horses have always been like that as a person who's, for the whole life has been heavily involved in pony club and still am, you know, sort of. So I've been in pony club for over 70 years. Uh, you do see that there are a lot of women, more women in racing now. You can think that of a rural industry, uh, which is a rural-based industry. Uh, we even have women jockeys now, which was very, very strange for a woman to actually ride under rules. They rode in point-to-points. When I was young, uh, in point-to-points, the women could only ride in the mem- in, in the ladies' race, and then it became the women could ride in the ladies' race and the members' race. Nowadays, the women can ride in all the races and do. So in, in all these connected industries, there, there's been a huge change in the last 60 or 70 years. Yeah. Lucinda, do you want to come in on that? Yeah, I mean, um, it's like I was saying earlier with regards when I was on my land management course at Harper Adams, the split was 50-50 in terms of uh, women and men on the land management course. And with my involvement in the agricultural value as I'm involved at Northern Group level for all the probationers and one of the education and probation officers. So I get to see firsthand who's coming through at a grassroots level into that sector and that industry. And it is still very much either 50-50 split and some years it'll tip the balance that there'll be actually more women that are coming through in the intake of agricultural values than there are men. Um, but still, given that I'm very much still connected to that sector, um, I know that a lot of the national firms have their own strategies in place and they're really focusing on, yes, they're getting people in at the bottom as graduates, but it's retaining them because they have found that there's been an exiting from the industry when people, when women get to their, say, their 30s and you know may go off, have children and don't return. And so they're really trying to adapt their working policies to really accommodate women to come back to work and continue to have a career within the sector. So, yeah, it is definitely changing. It's taken a while, but there is definitely a renewed focus on that area than there ever has been because it's such an investment in people when you employ staff. And that's a really interesting point, isn't it? Because if you've spent all those years training and getting qualified as, as a surveyor, as a valuer, or whatever profession within the agricultural industry, it's a shame that uh, those skills are lost from the industry if if people take time out, obviously raising families. But we need to create an environment whereby businesses and as an industry is, is embracing 
to to retain contact with those women so they they feel at ease coming back into those roles uh, and rising the ranks to partnership or, or whatever they want to achieve exactly i mean in a service sector um which a lot of rural industries are still service you know related be it land management be it if you're a rural solicitor be it you work for the nfu or cla or any any sort of industry or sector like that or any business staff are your most valuable and your most expensive resource but you want to then retain good staff. And so I think it has come to hit home that where we do have women who have come into these industries and, like you say, you've invested so much time and effort in training them and you've got so much experience there that why on earth would you want to lose that just because someone for you know a period in their life has obviously gone off, had children to raise a family, why would you not want to try and get them back into the workplace and embrace that and try and accommodate them so they can come back to work and retain that experience and value within your business? Mm. Sue? It's certainly uh, easier to have a family in, in if you're actually in a family farm and, and the woman is working. In a great many cases, granny is, is a great help if she's still around. But I know a lot of children who've spent a lot of time with their pram in the milking parlour. Uh, <laughs> and I know, I know children who have been tied, tied with a lunge line in the yard while their mother dealt with a huge yard of horses. It's so much easier uh, if you're working from home. But uh, I, I see where Lucinda's coming from. I, I, was, I, I, had, I took time out with my children because you did in the 1970s. Uh, but um, I wouldn't now. I would, I would uh, have carried on and, and uh, I don't know, farm them out, I suppose. I think all children really should go out to walk until they're five, just like hounds do. <laughs> Lucinda, now tell us a bit more about what, specifically what the CLA uh, is doing for its female members. You did mention the, the Women's Network earlier on. Tell us a bit more about, about that and um, possibly what, what outcomes and events um that the group has got going yeah so the CLA Women's Network it's a network that's essentially been sort of the brainchild of I think both Sarah Hendry our Director General and Victoria Vivian our Deputy President and the principle is really is to have a very much inclusive um, network open to all women um, where we can get together essentially networking and have informative events discussions um, it's both at a regional level and there's going to be some national events as well. The idea being is that we have an open culture and an environment where women can essentially share, pull ideas um, and just really get together. And with women who hopefully then obviously value the network and get to see a lot more of what the CLA are doing, the ultimate aim and um, goal is that we end up seeing more women come through the CLA, through the membership structure, be it onto committees, and ultimately into office holder positions, perhaps much like Victoria Vivian has done. So um, it is something that's still quite new, um, but there is activities and events that are planned through the year, both at regional and national levels. So I would say keep an eye out on the CLN newsletter and on the website for further details of events that are up and coming. But 
by all means, you know, get involved. Because if you don't get involved, then, you know, you're missing out on opportunities to meet with other like-minded people who are involved in the organisation. And uh, as a final question to you both, what's your sort of main message you want to get across to those listeners uh, tuning into this podcast? Uh, uh, what's your what's your advice of how to get involved and, and, and what do you want to, to, what's sort of the impression you want to leave on, on some of our listeners, starting with you, Sue, and, and then you, Lucinda? Be confident. Believe in yourself. And if that's what you want to do, believe me, you can do it. Lucinda, how about you? Well, Sue sort of said it all there. I can't echo <laughs> what Sue said enough. I mean, you know, I would always say your biggest critic is probably yourself. And so if you back yourself and just go into anything with an open mind and try your best, that is all you can ever do. But if you haven't tried, then you'll never know and just back yourself all the way. Absolutely. I couldn't agree with you both anymore. Self-belief is is all you need. Uh, Lucinda and Sue, thank you ever so much for joining this podcast. I think it's been a very refreshing, honest and frank discussion about this really important topic area. And you're both really good examples of women that have had successful careers and are having a very successful uh, future within agriculture here within the UK. Thank you ever so much uh, for joining this podcast. Thank you. If you're not a member of the CLA, you can join today. More information can be found on our website, www.cla.org.uk. Thank you for listening, and I hope you can join us again soon. You've been listening to the Rural Business Uncovered podcast, the CLA's weekly podcast released every Friday. You can find all our episodes wherever you get your podcasts or just search Rural Business Uncovered on your chosen podcast provider. Remember to hit subscribe or follow to make sure you don't miss an episode.